Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Tower cleared. Welcome to Space 3D. Co-hosts Tom Hill and Eleanor Rangers had the opportunity to interview Rich Overbeck, who's currently wintering over at South Pole Station. As many of our listeners may know, expeditions to our planet's polar regions are considered to be an extreme environmental analog, not unlike what will be encountered on the surface of Mars, for example. Indeed, as Rich will tell us, part of his motivation for wintering over in Antarctica was because it's the closest thing he can come to traveling to Mars in this lifetime. This is part three and our conclusion of our conversation with Rich Overbeck. We'll chat about astronaut visits to the pole, whether missions have patches or service medals associated with them, searching for elusive Martian meteorites on the ice, and some surprisingly interesting mundane details regarding the water supply and dealing with waste disposal. We'll conclude with Rich's final thoughts on Antarctica and his time on the ice. This episode was recorded via Zoom on February 12, 2022. Rich will remain in Antarctica until November 2022. By the time this episode goes live in late May 2022, Rich will experience full darkness, something which he has been eagerly anticipating because of the incredible views of the night sky that he will finally be able to enjoy. You agree that this is a decent analog for spaceflight or for long duration settlement. Have you have met any astronauts down there that have traveled or people, you know, working for NASA doing this type of work? And as a separate thing, are there any celebrity sightings down there? Just out of curiosity. Well, you're going to love this. Uh, So far this year, no astronauts, but uh, at McMurdo, there's a NASA tracking station and a couple of guys that, you know, that work there. Uh, It's pretty cool because I got to work in that building several times. Uh, It's just basically a data center with some big antennas up on the hill. The, uh, when I was here in 99, 2000, one day a plane landed, uh, it's uh, Ken Boric Air. They do a lot of the, the smaller flights around. That's, we actually fly with them too. Jim Lovell and Owen Garriott uh, got off the plane and were at the station for about three or four days. Of course, that was uh, 99, so it's about four or five years after Apollo 13. Yeah. And Jim Lovell had, you know, got up and talk, was talking. We were all sitting in the gala, and he goes, well, I know you guys all expect to see Tom Hanks here, but it really is me. <laughs> <laughs> so it was actually uh, awesome having uh, Jim there. And I saw Jim at, at Space Fest in Tucson in 2016, and I was like, I know you're not going to remember me, but I met you at the South Pole in 99, 2000. <laughs> he goes, oh, well, I remember being there. <laughs> and then Owen Garrett, Owen Garrett was also, uh, he was just an awesome guy to meet. And the second station was was constructed in 1975. And they actually had one of the buildings there. That they called it Skylab, the top of it, because it had a bunch of experiments. I wish I could tell you exactly what, but it, it was in, in correlation or, or in conjunction with uh, Skylab. And uh, so he's uh, he, he signed, uh, there's a signed patch hanging on the wall uh, in the hallway oh. from uh Owen and uh, yeah, it was just just really cool. 
you know, you mentioned too that like there's some holdover from like military, but it made me wonder, do you guys get a mission patch when you're down there? You said you're like the 65th crew that's come down there. Do you have patches? I'm not sure if we're going to have a patch this year. I surely hope so. But yes, there there's many years and many events. Like when I was here in 99, 2000, that was under the dome. So this new station wasn't even here yet. But uh, so I have a, a patch from the dome with that year, those years. And also the projects that went on that year was a brand new power plant a vehicle maintenance facility. So there's patches made for that. Yes, I, that's a good point. I'm going to push really hard for for to develop a patch for the 65th. Also, less than 2,000 people have wintered at the South Pole. So we're, I think we're, we're 1,600 and something. We actually, we'll get assigned a number, your number so-and-so for your winner over number, man. Oh, which is wow. cool. One other thing, because it was Navy, you also get an Antarctic Service Medal uh, for being here for, for your time on the ice. I don't have one I can show you, but you could Google one if you wanted I got mine in 99, 2000, so I won't get one again this year, but I will get certificates, you know, for, you know, successful year, you know, on the ice and all that kind of stuff. So. Oh, cool. Wow. Oh, you know, they, I know that they often have found like meteorites down there. They're easy to spot in the snow. Have you done, do they ever have any like, oh, hey, you know, we're all like going to get together and go on an excursion out there to look for some meteorites. (laughs) Well, I look all the time. (laughs) I haven't found any yet. Nothing yet, but I look all the time. (laughs) You mentioned too that um, you have well, you have well water down there. And I'm curious about, hmm, how do they get well water on the ice cap? Does it have to be heated up or do you just drill into the ice and it's actually melt snow melt? I'm just curious about that. That's a really good question. So we have a, a well it's called it's called the Rodwell, or which is short for Rodriguez well. Uh, I suppose a man named Mr. Rodriguez helped develop it. What it, it is is uh, they drill into the the ice cap, and we're going to drill down to about 400 foot. That's where you'll actually hit real ice, solid ice, water ice. Uh, the rest of it is packed snow on top of it. Uh, the packed snow melts really fast and really easy, but uh, melting ice makes better water, and you can actually melt out a cavern in the ice, the actual ice pack. So we drill down, we start with a a seed water in a tank where you're spraying warmer water into this cavern with a spray nozzle. And so the warmer water keeps melting ice. And as the the, the melt happens, we're pumping up cold water uh, from from the, they call it the bulb because it's bulb shaped. Um, And that goes up to our station. We have water tanks fills all the all the water tanks and the remainder the the water goes through a heat exchanger which gets warm and goes back down the line into the well and so it's a never-ending loop it's always on i don't know what the i can't remember what the gallon per minute uh is from it from it but it's enough for our drinking water cooking cleaning um everything we need to do Uh, two showers a week that's right two showers a week yeah how does the water is ice cold I was going to say, how does it taste? So uh, we have water on the one side right out of the well. Uh, It virtually has, it's about 2,000 year old water. Uh, I mean, that's how long it's been in ice pack. We, it has nothing, no minerals or anything in it virtually. I mean, it's nothing detectable. So we actually add uh, that we have a water treatment plant. We have actual water plant operator that manages all that. So 
but you can you can drink out of that side too. It's a uh, comes out super. Yeah, it's about 30, 34 degrees, and uh, it's just as crystal clear as you can imagine. Yeah. Wow, that's that's really neat. Wow, yeah. the the new Avion. It's better than Avion water. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. What about um waste? How do you guys dispose of waste? So human waste, garbage, like how is that taken care of? Is it carted off of the area? Well, first of all, we recycle everything and everything goes in the, the appropriate container. And there's tons of containers, food waste, paper, cardboard, you know, everything's lined out and that all gets shipped out. The human waste, once the water well is, has served its lifespan, human waste uh, goes in and fills that void. Uh, so that becomes like the next um, kind of sewer. That's the way it's been since 1957. So, yeah. Yeah. If we're going to talk about space flight, we have to talk about poop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Essentially, yes. It, it is an issue and it's something they'll have to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> How long do those individual wells, once you drill a hole, what's the typical lifespan of those wells? I believe uh, about seven to ten years. So oh. we're on we're on number three. I was here for the original uh, Rodwell, and there I think there's plans uh, to start developing another one uh, soon. When I was here before, we didn't have a digital camera that we could send down the hole and see what was going on. We actually took a VHS video camera and put a headlight on it and <laughs> sent it down the hole. But with the new technology and everything, it's 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 easier to manage. You, you can you can actually just plan, you know, by the you can only melt so far away from the the water source, and it just starts turning to ice again because it's so cold. So mm. all that plays plays the role. Yeah. Is there any final thoughts about what it is about Antarctica that you think is so special, and maybe trying to tie that into your interest in spaceflight? Really, what it is is the the remoteness of it combined with space there's there's so much you could do here experiment wise not just at the pole but around mcmurdo i mean there's there's actually places where you can use use the earth you can do water there's fresh water available during the summer uh but but it's a very similar minus the water uh it's a very similar climate to mars so there's an awful lot of experiments things you could develop in here for uh going to space long duration space trips I also have to say I feel very fortunate that I'm here. Some of my friends thought I was kind of kind of crazy, and then they're like, "Dude, that's so cool!" <laughs> but it's available to anyone. You can apply, regardless of of your age, your your skills. If you look on the uh, some of the websites out there uh, for Antarctica jobs, you can Google that, and you'd be surprised what you can find. So, if it's a desire, you can make it happen. Thank you for listening to another episode of Space 3D. Join us for our next installment of our podcast to round out this season, where we've interviewed former researchers, technicians, and volunteers who worked at the Johnsville Centrifuge, the world's most powerful dynamic flight simulator located in Warminster, Pennsylvania. For co-hosts Tom Hill and Emily Carney, this is Eleanor Rangers for Space 3D.